Hey guys, welcome back to the Racking Focus podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And today we actually already saw uh, the movie Shoplifters, which we watched on Hulu. Yes, we skipped the theater this week uh, and decided to watch it on John's sketchy Wi-Fi uh, <laughs> at his home. And we just finished our conversation now. And I will say you are in for a treat of an episode. I think this was, uh, I really like this episode so far. We haven't edited yet, but uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. So in just a few moments, you'll get to hear our hot take. Uh, but instead of the car, we're sitting on the floor of my house after we watch the movie. And then you'll get to hear our much more contextual conversation here uh, at our second studio. Uh, so we hope you enjoy. Thanks for watching. Uh, uh, well, we're done. What do you want to do now? Uh, I'm going home. You're going home? Right, well, I'm you. already home, so I'll see you later. <laughs> If that's the first one they get, they're going to be like, what kind of podcast is this? You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Shoplifters. Shoplifters. Uh, spoilers for shoplifters. Although I'm not sure how that even makes. I'm not any sure meaning. what the spoiler would. It's not a meaningful be, thing yeah. to say that. But we're going to talk about the whole film. So there you go. It's been out for a year. Right. I hadn't heard of it until you brought it up. Yep. Two nights ago. Right. <laughs> so there you go. Um, Japanese film. Very slow paced. Very slow paced. Very, not maybe not very very slow paced, but it's slow paced enough for an American like me to have some trouble so, uh, at moments where I'm like, this is slow but good. You right, know? right, right. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. Well, certainly as a movie, it is paced in a way that is methodical. Like it, yeah. there's no there's no propulsion, right? Yeah. Right. Um, you don't feel any forward movement in any way. In fact, when we get to the culmination, it isn't even particularly urgent. Yeah. You know, when we when we finally end up Well it's um, the same with like the end of the movie. It just kinda like ends. There's a, were you caught off guard at all? Like it hit cut to black and you're like, well that's the third cut to black. That must be the third the ending, right? I um the little I really thought it was gonna end with little girl, so I was not uncomfortable with that no no, no yeah, the, yeah yeah the change in her face is what let me know it was the end okay there's that that look that open-eyed like anticipation right. moment that changed um changed that so i, I yeah. felt like that this is the end yeah so that i was uh, yeah that makes sense that's yeah. kind of i mean i had a feeling it was coming i just didn't know if they were going to resolve whatever thing well, with her more well and i think not right yeah but, i mean i think there's a resolution error and we're it's left up to us uh, in a yeah. way so mm -hmm. um, well it's very like a realistic sort of movie um you know it's definitely realism uh and a lot of those realism movies are slow paced and it's real life you know this right. is what real life is like and i mean that's the a lot of like indie categories a lot of the indie movies fall into that realism category because low budget mm -hmm. We're going to talk about a, a family, uh, a very different family. I haven't seen this story told. Can you think of another time where this story has been told in film? No, I, I think that this. there are places where we have families that form that aren't biological, uh -huh. but but not certainly this structure. Yeah. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah, it was very new. Uh, and I liked it a lot, and it asked a lot of questions that uh, made you think about family right. in a different in a different way. Um, what did you think of the movie overall? Like, um. 
did you like the cinematography? Did you like the production yeah. design? Like what, what stood out to you most? So interestingly enough, one thing I thought was the there were an extraordinary number of absolutely beautiful pictures on this screen. Mm -hmm. um, some of them in particular that stick in my head, there was a, a shot, uh, we actually saw several like this, but there was a shot from above a, a shooting down. Uh -huh. They were walking back uh, when he was joking with him and yeah. he was toying with his, uh, not his son, but his son. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, when they Shota, were talking right? about the tuna, when they were talking about uh -huh. the tuna, the big tuna, yeah. I, and I was like, "This is a shot Josiah sees too." Like, I yeah, know he's, it was gorgeous. Yep. There, there were the shot where uh, the mother and uh, Yuki, Yuki, right? Ju you know, Yuri, 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 Yuri. Yuri. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lynn. I, yeah, Lynn. I prefer yeah. her name for the family she's in, not her original family. Anyway. Yeah. Um, when she was hugging her outside at the fire when they burned her clothes, mm -hmm. like the, just some absolutely beautiful framing, yeah. and um, even when there was like reverse shot, reverse shot moments, right, it was still quite beautiful. Yeah, it was pretty. Um, the shot that is uh, stuck with me a bit was the fireworks shot when they're, um, oh yeah, you know, peeking through just that little slit of trees and house, and they're trying to see the fireworks, but they can't see it, and it it pulls all the way back, and it's you can't even see through the trees at all to see the family. Uh, I'm not quite sure what that was symbolic for. There's there's probably something there. I feel like this entire movie was kind of loaded with symbolic imagery uh, and, yeah, and, so. and things and i would need to sit and watch it again probably two more times at least to really pick up on a lot of it um and i wonder how much of it is lost in translation with the japanese to the english subtitles and then us not understanding the culture 100 percent, right so I, yeah i'll talk about culture in a second let me say mm -hmm. one more thing about shots uh, and it was early on actually through the whole piece but early yeah. on everybody was framed inside a frame Right. Constantly, we were getting shots of people who were in a box, whether it was a window or it was a doorway mm. or it was whatever. They were framed within frames. And I thought yeah. that was a really interesting choice for these sort of isolated characters. And so maybe that is the family in a frame instead right. of the isolated people. And I'm not right. sure of all this. I, I think you're right about needing to watch this several times. Yeah. Uh, but talking about culture, I think one of the interesting things about this film, and like we, we watched it farewell, right? So we, right. we went in, we've been in an Asian culture. We watched uh, Blinded by the Light and we went into a Pakistani culture. But this is not any American route into the culture. Yeah, this is, you're, you're tossed right into a Japanese culture. There's no way for an American to be pulled in other than the family aspect, you understanding what family is. Which is interesting, right? That we, we understand yeah. the family idea. but. Everything from the way shopping is done, mm -hmm. you know, the way stores are set up, the right. way cars are designed, the the way streets are designed. Yeah, almost every single thing was so specifically Japanese. And for us who may have seen Japanese films, like I've seen Japanese films, all, <laughs> I hope so. You, you know have a full Japanese room in your yeah, house yeah, yeah. right now. <laughs> but 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 ultimately, a lot of that comes from through a doorway of some American uh -huh. route. Right. So like you can watch Kurosawa because you've watched Star Wars and you can back your way into it. Or if you watch, right. you know, Fistful of Dollars and you can back your way into the, to that. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, uh, Mike's work is, you know, coming out of already existing Japanese images and then retelling it. Yeah. Or you're watching different time periods. This is just contemporary daily life. Well, and the thing they did was I wasn't even sure what time period we were right. in because uh, you're dealing with this family who's obviously uh, below the poverty line, it feels like. Yeah, fix that cat. Well, yeah, I also need to do a thing. No, I don't remember. 
good. You're good. I rolled. Yeah, I was, good. I was just I'm like, wait, am I rolling? And then, uh, and then uh, I do it all there. the time. I do that all the time. Um, yeah. So you have this clear, obvious family who's uh, below the poverty line, struggling. They're not. You're not gonna have cell phones. You're not gonna have fancy right. cars. You're not gonna. There's no way to determine what date or time of year it is because ultimately it doesn't matter. They're just trying to survive from day to day. Uh, and the only thing that's holding them together is the people that they're with, the family right. they've chosen. Uh, and it was a kind of a complex story because there's things that the grandmother's doing. Um, and then there's, they mentioned, you maybe you have to clear this up for me because I didn't fully understand it, but the, uh, what's up, buddy? Oh, now, sorry for anyone who has a cat ass in their shot. <laughs> sorry, we may have just gone explicit. Come on, buddy, you gotta get down. <laughs> we appreciate your desire to be in the podcast. The, uh, that's not gonna work. The grandmother, they told they told the kids um, the grandmother was never here. Like she was not part of this thing after they were like, arrested essentially. Right. Um, what was the reasoning behind that? Yes. Yeah, so, so they had gotten rid of the body. Right. Right. And they, I, I believe to some extent that comes from the illegality of getting rid of the body. Gotcha. So they, and were, they just... were still grabbing her money. Oh, uh, okay. So and, they were just saying she was never there as in like, we don't want them to even ask questions about that's right, like, where yeah. she is now or the body or anything. anything yeah. Like and that. it's so, the, you know, that moment of sort of erasing this yeah. very important character right. so quickly then gives the, the son the moment of real fear about mm -hmm. him being abandoned. Right. Right. And what that means. Right. Uh, because, you know, you're just going to run out and you bury her and you're done, which is, yeah. Um, I mean, it, uh, it was awful and beautiful. Like, it was so strange. So much of this movie is awful and beautiful. Well, and, and going back to that, um, you know, you bury her and then and then you're gone or you're going to leave the kid in the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, Shuto, the kid, right? right? Uh, at one point, he's talking to his sister, Lynn, and um, they're talking about her, her grandmother. And she says, my grandmother's in heaven. Um, and Shuto replies with, uh, forget about her then. Right. You know, and I just didn't know what that line meant until later on when you're forgetting about the grandmother who was just buried, his own grandmother, who yeah. was just buried in the house, essentially. Right. Is that where they buried her? Like right underneath the, the house? house? Yeah. So it weird. Seemed like it was right in the bathroom. Ultimately. Yeah. Like they just dug up. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that makes sense. There's no property really in the right. place and they can't get rid of the body and that's where they choose to do. And it, that's such a, that grandmother being the foundation of that home, yeah. you know, really was mm, something yeah. else too. I mean, there's, right? There's yeah, was so she the matriarch of that entire house? Um, and I mean, ultimately, she was kind of the the leading scammer yeah. in this entire piece, right? Setting up the influence on everyone below her in age to you need to get money and you need to live and you're gonna do it however you want to do it. There's really the moral the moral of this story is weird because. Uh, you have these shoplifting parents teaching their kids to shoplift, but then you have this sex worker and then you're lying to other families and you're scamming other families. And it's just like, um, oh, there was some, oh, and then like the main parents ended up killing a guy you find out later on. So right. it's like the, where does, where does this line, are they good parents or are they bad parents? Because throughout the entire film, up until the last 30 minutes, I was like 100% on board with them being like, these yeah. are great parents. 
Like they are good. I can disregard the shoplifting. What's he doing? <laughs> he was literally caught on the fabric. <laughs> we have a cat in this shop. For those of you who are listening to this, my cat has decided to completely, one of my cats, to completely participate in. He's just wandering about, sticking his butt in the shot. And so oh. this is one to potentially watch a part of on YouTube <laughs> if you don't normally do that. Um, you know, like there's, yeah. yeah, it was like, were they good parents? And then you find out kind of the ugly truth about them and... Is it even really that ugly? Were they just doing what they felt was right? And uh, well, yeah, like it's... at every turn, they're making choices for each other, right? right? Like it's so interesting that the the complexity of it. Like this is a morally complex film, mm -hmm. and for an American, particularly morally complex. But it's a morally complex film, and right. one of the things about it that does that is that you're in a situation where we really admire boy oh boy we really admire the love relationship yeah you know we see this family develop we watch them rescue this girl who is being abused mm -hmm. and isn't wanted and we watch them blossom with right. that right the beauty like the mother becomes more and more beautiful with right. every moment of the movie right uh, until she right she's made up she's in makeup and dressed in that you know, sexy sort yeah. of nightgown, right. and she's laying naked, and she's beautiful, and right. all, all, I mean, it was startlingly, and they go to the beach, and they're beautiful together. Yeah, it's a full family, like it's a um, real family, yeah, right? it's a, yeah. like a real With all of these people who aren't related in any way whatsoever. Right. And yeah. then on the back end of it, we learned that that's not the case, and so the moral complexity is, you know, and we don't even get a clear picture exactly of how this formed. Mm -hmm. We know that the they're sort of using the grandmother's money and we know right. that they found the son and they found the daughter and we know that the grandmother brought the sister, her, you know, grandchild in. Right. Uh, and that the complexity of that father being taken away by the other family. I mean, there's all of this really interesting, complex stuff that's happening around these people. Um, and I, I kept thinking, like, this is a puzzle box, like early in the film. And it's a puzzle box that instead of it being about us finding the answer, mm -hmm. it's about us figuring out where we fit inside the puzzle. In puzzle, the puzzle. Yeah. 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 You know, I uh, I was confident the boy was going to call his not father dad by the end of it. Right. And then the way it happens, quite beautiful and strange. Mm -hmm. But that family was a good family. But it's yeah. a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she, the mother takes the prison sentence right so that her lover doesn't end up in there for life right 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 yeah there's well there's a sense of sacrifice there for the family that the mother's making it's weird because but like what would have made the family a good family do you know what i mean like they're a good family but what would have made it okay would it have been money yeah, i don't because that's a problematic answer i yeah. think you know um, because to me, the answer is money, unfortunately, because they're having to live the way they live because of the money that they don't have. Yeah, they're losing their jobs. Like the whole movie yeah. shows how they just, the society's just abandoning them. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so instead of, um, yeah, like I, I just, I think it's just money. The money's the issue. Um, they're getting injured. They're losing jobs. The grandmother dies. And so the sense of a part of her income right. Her pension is now gone. Right. Um, you know, so it's just like what would have made it what would have made it okay? And it would have for me it would have been money. I don't know what the other answer would have been. It would have been more socially acceptable for them to um maybe ad 
try and adopt a kid like they could i think that the, at the end right they said that you they couldn't have kids right, right? That, yeah certainly which i had a feeling that, that yeah. was that was coming right um and so like they maybe could have adopted a kid if they had money like legally adopted a kid or fostered children or something like they were essentially fostering these two children in their home right and treating them as their own kids um we don't really get any uh clarity on was shuto the boy uh kidnapped or was he taken from the like he was taken out of this right, car he was taken out of a car but was he left alone in that car in the same way like there's dogs being left alone in a car in the walmart parking lot in 100 degree heat right. you know like i'd smash that window too and get a kid or a dog out of there um which it sounds like that's kind of it sure sounds like that's what happened. What happens? Right? And it happened well enough that she could remember the mm-hmm. car make model license plate. Yeah, right? exactly. So I'm not really sure what what happened, but it's again, it's that big question of. I almost felt like the kid, you know, just I am unclear about everything mm-hmm. that's happened with my family, my my family, my so-called family, uh, and so now I'm just asking questions and trying to figure it out on my own, and that's what he's doing, right? Like, and I, you get the sense at the end of the movie that at least I did that he wasn't going to see his dad again, right? You know, right, right, and it was a, and and that was all like that the chasing the the bus that mm-hmm. felt like that was not going to happen again. Yeah, and and you know you're in. There's a lot of things in this movie that just decide not to tell you the bridging information. Yeah, and like that's a warning for a viewer. Uh, you know, suddenly they're. Uh, fishing suddenly there though right. suddenly it's winter suddenly right. suddenly you know time passes and you have to keep up um and that can be a challenge to in, in that way of understanding what's going on but i felt like at the end we were at yeah a definitive point where this relationship although it may still exist isn't they're not going to be in each other's presence yeah yeah i don't think so. yeah it felt like it was over mm-hmm. at that point like i almost thought it was just going to end with him leaving on the bus and then i forgot about the sister um yeah and when they went to her and she was singing that song which i i can't believe it's actually the translation i think there must be a japanese accounting song that they replaced right and worry about some of the subtitles in this the Mm -hmm. the yep that kept popping up yeah seemed really strange yeah but uh but you know i i wonder if um shuto right that's his name uh was uh if he appeared outside the balcony if that's where he went. Right, if that's where he sister. was going to get his sister. You right? know, yeah. um, she was definitely at risk in that family um, and was yeah. adorable. Yeah, like in my in my opinion, like taking her and kidnapping her away from that family was maybe not the legal thing to do, right? Not the, uh, the best thing to do uh, legally, but definitely the best thing to do for the kid. Like if right. you're putting the kid first, yeah, we're going to, she's put on the balcony in the cold, cold weather. And so we're just going to, we're just going to take her home and we're going to feed her. And if she stays, she stays. If she decides to go home, then she's going to go home. Yes, you, you choose your family. I think that's one of the things I, I appreciated about like the thematic content of it. It's yeah. about choosing, finding, as mm-hmm. opposed to begetting. Yeah. Um, and these people are not completely related. Like, there's a little bit of there's relation. There's a little bit of relation, yeah. But, but they really aren't related. And right. how choosing your family is a legitimate choice. Yeah. Um, yeah and well okay so um yeah that's a very i feel like a good eastern culture thing too right like a oh okay siri like a collectivist sort of thing like we i don't ever think about the um you know even the phrase uh 
get to choose your friends, you can't choose your family. Like right. that phrase never even comes up in my life. I never think about that. Maybe right. it's just because I like the family I'm with. Like right. yeah. that might be the case, but mm-hmm. um, over in Asia and that's those those places with the collectivist culture, like your family is more than just your immediate, you know, mom, dad, brother, sister. It extends to like almost everybody around you who's in your everyday sort of life, right? right? Like collectivism is about the collective whole, right? Everybody together uh, helping each other. We saw that in the farewell, the amount Certainly. of people that showed up to this wedding right, banquet. This wild extended Yeah, family. it's humongous. And so that's something that's completely foreign to us, especially me who doesn't have any relatives in the state I right, live in, right? right? Other than my parents. Uh, yeah. You yes. know, and a cousin, right? Like it's just you guys, however, are, you got family down the street and right. like all, all over the place. place. So it's a, it's a bit different. Um, I want to ask you the question um, from a, a political uh, and philosophical okay. standpoint. Yeah, sure. There was a um, a line that the young boy said about that his dad told him about shoplifting. He said, "If it's in a store, yeah. it means nobody owns it." Yeah. Th- so so like that. That's the line when I knew the father was a serious problem. Mm-hmm. In this family, the father is the is our biggest question morally, right? Right. right. His his actions are very problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, he and, and so that really stuck out to me because it doesn't it isn't true, right. right? Right. Now we can you know I can come from a collectivist socialist position and uh-huh. say no one like I mean I hate property ownership. I, right. I, I think private <laughs> yeah, yeah. ownership is like bad and the death of sort of the way we live as humans. I appreciate that. And I, and I think maybe as a metaphor, mm-hmm. it's a great idea to say right. no one owns anything until it's in our possession. And then when it's in our possession, we, we you know, we can sh- choose to share whatever that may be. Yeah. But I, but I, I think that there's a problem with that idea because it is owned by someone. Right. Um, and that someone is being hurt by the shoplifting, right? So there, there right. is it's a, owned by a store owner. It is right. that store owner yeah. who, and you know, when they go back to the store and, and that store owner is in mourning, there's something about that that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, that's really problematic. That that and it's it's problematic for the son, right? This the son, he he really finds the fragmented. Yeah, we're close on time. Okay, he really sure. finds the fragmentation in mm-hmm. the story. He really does begin to understand things are wrong. That's yeah. why he makes the choice he makes. Right. He needs to stop the cycle of what's going on. He doesn't yeah. want the sister to become what right. she's becoming. You know, right. he listens to that man who says, "Don't let make her do it." I wanted to ask you before we run out of time yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, about the acting. Um, uh, you know, what'd you think? Like, what was your experience of that? Um, uh, you know, this, this is a question I could have answered better probably in the middle of the movie. Yeah, okay. Um, I've, I, it didn't feel like anybody was acting. It felt like I was watching like somebody's real life kind of play out. Um, and I think part of it too is like there's the translation issue and like I don't know the way they say a certain word. Uh, you know, if they were to say this word in English, like sometimes you can you can understand like when somebody's acting their butt off, mm-hmm. like in a bad way in an Americanized film, like just the way they say words, it almost feels like they're reading rather right. than uh, becoming the words. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it's like, you know, hearing these these Japanese words. I don't know. I just don't know. But I, I enjoyed the acting a lot. I was completely sucked into everything that was that was happening. Um, I thought the kids were great for being, I mean, that, that girl had to be no older than 
like six, right? Yeah, like she, she was, she was great, extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. she was great. Uh, and I, I thought yeah, the were, mother was great. They I, were, yeah, they I were, thought she was really the standout in the film. Yeah, um, just the transition from where she was at the beginning to mm-hmm. where she was at the end, and at the very end, like in, in yeah. the prison, and mm-hmm. what what that you know she was. I feel like she's really the moral center of this right. movie. I mean, I just think yeah. Uh, her choices, are, even if it's kidnapping, I think she's the moral center. You know, this idea of mm-hmm. the husband being there, that's her, no, it's almost there. Um, the husband, her, her first husband being killed, right. feels like uh, the, our father, the, the other Shuto, the father, did the job, that mm-hmm. he's really it, and she right. m- turned it into self-defense. Like, it feels like there's something there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so. a very complex movie with a very complex story. Uh, and family structure and dynamic and it's it's it it's a movie like i would want i wish i knew japanese and could speak japanese to get the full Mm -hmm. understanding of what's happening i wish i understood japanese culture enough to understand uh some choices and reasoning and that sort of thing um yeah, there, like there's just so much in the movie that it, 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 I need I need another watch. Well, yeah, like literally, like you're watching them eat and they are eating in a way, or eating constantly, but they're, they're eating, eating in a way that yeah. is not necessarily what we might, the way we would consider eating to be appropriate. Even I, it's, it's very noisy. It's noisy, yeah, and it's very you know, noisy. there's the, the the communal pot to your individual uh-huh. pot, mixing it with a seasoning, and right. you know the idea of um, gluten. Cakes, gluten cakes um, yeah. is really far into us. So like it really is a deep dive. And I think that's yeah. interesting. I also think it's challenging. I think you're right. And I think it's necessary for um especially you know, Americans who are right. so used to our culture. Uh the way we're gonna experience the world is through watching these international films, whether it's it's um shoplifting from Japan or it's uh Rafiki from Kenya. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like you're just going to get these different experiences. And if you can't travel, this is how you can travel to those those places, those worlds and experience culture, even though it might be like twisted culture a little bit. And you're not going to get the full I'm not going to get a full Japanese experience watching right, shoplifters. Right. I'm going to get the experience of a small family struggling in poverty, trying to figure out how to live their life. But it does tell us something about poverty in yeah. Japan and that there is in yep. this glossy culture, this very strange yeah. underbelly. Yeah. And, you know. And, and that love can survive it mm-hmm. in that place. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think watching it does expose you to it. I think you're right. And and on the other end of the spectrum, it is better than being a tourist. Yeah. Because you're hearing someone's heart or mind drawing right. you. The well, I know if I go to Japan anytime soon, I'm. this might be a movie that I think about, um, or there will be things that I see that draw me back to. Yeah this movie and that there are people that are struggling like I, you go as a tourist you're going to go i don't know like are you going to see homeless people or are you not going to see homeless people or, are you going to stay in yeah. the safe areas like it's just going to be shiny bright tokyo but there's this back alleyway somewhere that is you know people are struggling trying to eat trying to get some noodles yeah. and they're just putting them in their bag to to try and survive so yeah. i don't right, know we should wrap up do you want to rate real uh, quick or, yeah, yeah? I, I, this just is real quick really yeah. complex to rate and real yeah. quick I, I think from a cinema standpoint, from like a movie making standpoint, this mm-hmm. is like an eight for me. Okay, cool. Yeah, it, it, it's it, 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 but that eight comes with the caveat that it's going to be a challenge for an American yeah. viewer to mm-hmm. watch it. Um, it's it, as a you know comparing it to a traditional American film, you would struggle because of the pacing, certainly. Yeah, right. Some of the plainness of it, but I think really it is 
beautiful, mm -hmm. and I think the acting's really strong across the board. So. Yeah, I think overall I put it in the same same boat, probably between a seven and an eight somewhere. Um, pacing I struggle with just as mm -hmm. an American, not watching Japanese films all that often, but I think the directing, the cinematography, the production design even, the acting was all incredible. Yeah, production design is uh, actually something to talk about, and it's really interesting, yeah. right? That Red Pulse is fascinating. Yeah, yeah, the production I wish we had more time to talk about it, but yeah, yeah. maybe in the second segment, so... Yeah, probably put it about seven or eight. All right, great. So uh, we're going to go because we know we're running out of time. I don't know which camera is catching us for real, but uh, I'll go to the center and we're, uh, in, we're, we'll are we be back to talk again and we're going to do that new setup and talk about the, look at some other things about the film. So yeah. I'll be back in a second. Hey guys, welcome back to the Racking Focus podcast. We are back only uh, a second day. We watched this movie yesterday. Normally we have a few days in between, uh, but we're back to talk about shoplifters. And um, I think I like this movie more today than I did yesterday after viewing it. Uh, it might have, might have just been the slow burn that it was that made me really tired and drowsy from right. watching the Japanese film. But uh, I do like it more today after reflecting on it a little bit. How do you feel about it? Do you like it better today than you yeah, did yesterday? Yeah, for, for sure. And I think part of the problem too, and we should pull the curtain back as we had like yes. huge streaming problems in the first 25 minutes of the film. Yes. And I think that that, that had a toll on yeah. the experience of the movie. Yeah, I, it, the flow it, I mean, ja Japanese movies in general are slow, especially their dramas, right? Like they just, they're just drawn out. They take their time. The pacing is slow. Uh, and the fact that your Wi-Fi kept booting us out of Hulu <laughs> no, <laughs> well, made it, made what, it even more. Was Wi-Fi or was the Apple, whatever, whatever, whatever it was. It was, was horrible. Uh, so, and it hasn't happened again. Well, Strangely good. Enough. Good. So perhaps, it did kick when we had to log into Hulu again at your place. It did kick Steph out here of whatever she was watching. So she was, she was. I thought that was funny. That's but the best. Yes, that's it the was best good. thing ever. Um, so it, let's let's jump right into our second half, uh, which we've changed up. Uh, right. We've we've kind of structured this a little bit differently. If you've listened to our Blinded by the Light uh, podcast, uh, then. That's kind of the structure we're going off of as well. Before Blinded by the Light, we've been doing kind of just a second rant on the movie. So uh, the first thing on our list, I want to jump in and read uh, some reviews and reply yeah. to those reviews. Do you want to start great. on this? No, you go ahead first. Go? I'm cool. pulling mine up right here. So awesome. Um, all right. So this review is from Leah Greenblatt from Entertainment Weekly. She says, it's all beautifully done, if seemingly aimless for most of its two hour runtime. The joy of the movie lies mostly in watching these fine actors build their beautifully flawed and lived-in characters. Uh, definitely agree with that 100%. I, there's really hardly any. I was scrolling trying to find a bad review, and I had a hard time finding one. Um, one that I, like, really, really disagreed with, you know? Um, so I think she says the best, if seemingly aimless for most of its two-hour runtime, the joy of the movie lies mostly in watching these actors, you know, do what they do best. Um, and the movie does feel... For a long time, just aim their, their characters are just aimlessly uh, robbing stores and eating noodles. You know that's pretty much what this movie is. But it's charming the way they do it. Um, well, I think that that's a. I think that's yeah. Very. What happens for us is when we reach the third act, which we're not going to talk about really. Uh, yeah. Well, we can talk about that we can now. Talk about it now. Yeah. When we reach the third act, we hit a point where. Uh, things change and we realize we've been seeded tons of information. Yes. But it's mm -hmm. information, not action, right? Right. The, the behaviors of people throughout the story are less significant than the emotional relationships yeah. that, are, that are there. For sure. Um, 
So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read something from the Atlantic, cool. which yeah. I like a lot. I mean, it, I think it's. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I like the reviews. So I'm, I'm gonna jump around a little bit. So it's gonna cool. Take a Do second. it. The situation in shoplifters is on the surface rather complicated. I think that's like one of the best lines in a review I could read. Yeah. Pilot reviews I read talked about how complicated and complex, and we had that experience yesterday. Yeah. But I think that it's a really good point. It seems that way on the surface. But once we get past the complexity of this structure, mm-hmm. it's actually a story about family, love. Yeah. Ve- these people are very straightforward relationships. Yeah. It, within that complexity. And so I thought that was really interesting. Also, Shoplifters is littered with wry humor and a refreshing is refreshingly free of judgment. Hmm. And I thought that was the other thing that actually for us yesterday probably was one of the most difficult challenges is the yeah. movie doesn't make a moral choice yeah or, or a no, judgment right. about yeah. the moral choices and and that that that's great it it we can make those choices um and the yeah. choices can't be about blaming the person well even with um even with the the moment with the shoplifters uh or the sorry the moment with the shop owner telling uh shuto don't make your sister do it he doesn't ever condemn the shoplifting he only condemns not doing it for yourself like if you're gonna don't make somebody else do something for you just Mm -hmm. just do it yourself right and that's actually the big alteration and i think what's interesting if we like take the side moment and dig into that character that's the moment when shota realizes that that's what the father's been doing with him yeah you know what i mean and so it's not as much about the little girl it is it is about her about lynn but it is more about him realizing oh, this is what I've been doing. Right. And why, to some extent, he leaves him at, he can leave him at the end. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so so in retrospect, now having time to think, that seems to, th- that logical sense, that boy's story is really very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I have another the, one here if you want to. Yeah, oh, you ahead. have something? Well, no, I'm just going to read okay. the end of this. Um, cool, go for it. The film never leans into the pure horror or tragedy, mm-hmm. but it has elements of both in its denouement. Uh, the final act of Shoplifters, like all of his works, is devastating. After seeing the director tease out every strange bond in this makeshift group, investing his audience fully in their future, he makes uh, it makes it much harder to deal with when it falls apart. Yeah, and I think that that's actually really true. Yeah, um, I'm not a fan of shoplifting necessarily. Right, right. <laughs> right? And we talked about the complexity yeah. of that line about does the, the store owner own things like are things in the store still owned and you know that political place that that can't in our world stand by that right um and we see the but these people are people we care about we want the best for them that little girl's eyes when they open at the end i right. want that to be hope yeah yeah well I, and you don't want them to shoplift the entire movie because from a moral perspective like our own morals you're like hey guys you probably shouldn't be shoplifting but you got to do what you got to do to survive, you know? Like, they're yeah. literally stealing dinner in the opening scene. Well, exactly. And it's like, what are you... How, yeah, I can't judge them for trying to eat, you know? It's, you know, the same way as a kid. Like, I'm not judging Aladdin when I was a kid watching the, the cartoon, the animated cartoon from Disney. I'm not judging Aladdin for stealing a loaf of bread because I know the dude's hungry. They're calling right, him a street right. rat. Like, it's... You have to do what you got to do, so... Yeah, go ahead and read yours. Yeah, all right, all right. So this is from this is from random person on the internet who gave this a one <laughs> one out of five stars. Uh, <laughs> here's something the shills and con artists posing as movie reviewers aren't going to tell you. I fell asleep about six times trying to make it through this aggressively dull movie. That's it. That's the whole thing. That is that is a spectacular. Yeah. 
yeah accusation it's yeah it was it's, a, it's pretty <laughs> aggressive um if you haven't watched a japanese movie we've brought this up a few times they are slower paced in general like i think back to the first i think the first like Japanese drama I ever watched was Tokyo Story. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, so slow. I would like the first time I was introduced to it, I was like, I I, I felt like this guy here, like right. just trying to make it through. Uh and it it does, it takes a little bit of times, but you gotta like sit and wait. And like if you can just be patient through the cinema that's just kind of like people eating noodles and hugging each other and uh, cuddling in a on the floor like and and cuddling in a sex shop like of these like there's so many intimate moments that yes some they don't seem like sometimes they are going to fit together right they really do come together at the end of the movie to create a uh, well-rounded piece of cinema that's telling uh, not just a realistic story of a family but also a story that can relate to uh, so many people of different cultures and nationalities and, and, and that sort of thing. So uh, I disagree with this guy, this yeah. guy, but I, I feel his pain a little bit. Yeah. And you know, you're digging so deep into, it's what we talked about yesterday into like the daily cultural lives. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we go back and you watch a Japanese samurai film, right? And it's still, there's massive periods of sort of thoughtful right. movement. We, we're, we worry about the time and how things progress on the screen where we want to get in America to like the act, like we're moving so from fast in the action. Yeah. And, um, uh, and so we, we, you know, in this movie, we are not getting a sword fight at, as a punctuation for right. those things. Right. We're just getting the, the moments of daily life and full of language. We don't understand. Yeah. You know, I, I think about, um, I have this, uh, a Mexican student who's mm -hmm. close friends of mine. She works at a Mexican restaurant. She told me to go there for dinner the other night. So I go into the Mexican restaurant and I'm relatively fluent with Mexican food and it is a very natural, <laughs> yeah. like normal, very, very hometown restaurant. And I opened up and there were four things. I had no idea what I was looking right. for. Right. And I had to ask her what, like, what, what should I eat? Yeah. And uh, she was like, you want to be safe or not? I'm like, I don't care. I just want to know. And I feel like if that can like, happen. Like, be like, be safe as in like, like your bowels be safe and I, stomach be safe I, later? Or what I, are you talking about with be so, safe? So uh, I think be safe, like when you find out what you ate, you're not going to be unhappy. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's about damage. I think it's about confusion. But here, you know, I, I, I there's a great Japanese supermarket just a couple blocks from, from right. us. I'm really tempted to go and get those gluten cakes and just see what the oh, heck's yeah. going on. I would try those. Like this, it was, uh, you know, it was spectacular. And we, we have to deal with culture. And yeah. that to me is part of what makes the movie challenging. Yeah. Because it's slow and we, we're alienated. What is interesting here in the one review I have, um, and this is from New York Times. Yeah. A lot of time, uh, a lot of movies try to sell the sanctity or pathology of the family, sliding over complications that might get in the way of an easy ending. In Shoplifters, a beautiful felt family drama, the Japanese director dives into the mess with a story about a household on the ragged edge. From father to son, the family presents an unusual domestic portrait, though what you notice is that its struggles don't ennoble it. The mother and father work, um, but there's a slyness here and a hardness, and the family steals um thieving to live but also as a way of life mm -hmm. and that i think the reviewer really captures the moral complexity like i can really get behind the idea yeah that um this is th these are people who are doing a thing that isn't ennobled we don't see their theft as we see it as necessary right but not righteous 
Right. And and I yeah. love that. About yeah. The film. No, I agree. Um, so let's let's move on to the next point here. Sure. Um, share one resource we can suggest to put this film in context. Um, talk to me. Have you seen any of this director's other films? So no, I have not, and I, I think that's actually really interesting because I have watched a reasonable amount of Japanese yeah. film. And there's a, a, one of the reviews I had talks about the fact that the, this is a director that is very difficult to. In fact, the the, the one resource I'm going to talk about yeah. too. That this is like one of the most difficult Japanese directors for us to engage with right. in America. So I haven't. Um, yeah, uh, and but. But that doesn't stop us from like talking about resources. Do you have a resource? Um, and I have yes and things, so. yes and no. Um, okay, good. My resource is more. I, I I'm gonna have to find out where this is from. I don't remember where I pulled this from. Uh, but this was an interview with him. Um, oh, cool. I can't. Uh, what's his name? Keto. Keto. Uh, the director's name. Oh boy! Oh, I gotta say it. Hang on. Uh, let me just get my pronunciation guide. Up I can. Here. Oh, you so have a full on. You have a full-on guide. Corrida. 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 Okay. Well, he is in an interview good with somebody. It is good you're here. Uh, uh, it's as close as I'm going to get. They asked him, why have you chosen in so many films to focus on crime? Do you, feel, do you feel your films express a particular attitude to the causes of crime and to its possible solutions? And he replies with, the director replies with, I don't think I'm trying to indicate a solution or anything. There's no way I can do that. But I think one of the reasons I've treated the subject so many times, a lot of crime happens in Japan, but people tend to view crime as a matter of individual responsibility. They see it as this or that person's fault rather than something born out of society and social ills. They just punish that person because it's that person's fault, his individual responsibility. They treat it as nothing more than that. That's how they solve the problem in Japan. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, and he continues with, we need to reclaim those criminals and the causes of their crimes as part of a communal, uh, communal, a communal property. Crime is something that we as a society own collectively. I think it's something we need to reclaim and accept as our responsibility rather than the individual's. Uh, and I think, I mean, talking about shoplifters and that quote going hand in hand, um, even if this was a quote based around a lot of other movies that he's made, this fits shoplifters like 100% mm -hmm. of, and you said it, there's no judgment or condemnation towards anybody in the movie for what they're doing really, other than the own judgment that we're casting on them ourselves. Uh, and I mean, we've brought it up again multiple times that they're doing what they need to do to survive and like that's part of society has placed them in that position to where maybe they need to shoplift maybe they need to steal to to eat or whatever it is that they're doing well it seems like they do and you know it's funny because yesterday you talked about japanese and part of the asian sort of collectivist mentality we see yeah. coming up with communism that's grown in china and right. korea whatever but the, it, Ch J japan's much more the capitalist state it's yeah. much more the echo right. of the u.s and right. or, or vice versa and when I mean, we brought that there after world war ii um actively and they're good at it right yeah so we, but we don't see that because they're also the these they do a magical job at making things look great, right. which we don't always, right? We let the decay be present. Yeah. There's a certain look about the sort of Japanese city. Well, we don't care, right? The U.S. Yeah. just doesn't care. Like, mm -hmm. if you're homeless, like, that's your fault. 
and and that and I think what we're seeing here is this, and it's such a, a Christian thought too. Strangely enough, it's yeah. like love thy neighbor, yeah. and that collectivist idea coming out of like we, if people need to steal to eat, well, maybe what we need to do is feed them. Yeah, like maybe that's the option. Right, and you can hear that he doesn't want to make that end statement. Right. He, because it, the solution's a political solution, and that's not what this yeah. guy's interested right. in. Yeah. He's interested in presenting the problem as a human problem right. that we have to deal with. I, like I, I don't want that mother to go to jail. No, you you want you, like this movie is really. It feels like he's made this movie to start a conversation within the political spectrum, and just bringing awareness to the fact that there's yes this is a small corner of tokyo where there's a lot of people who are struggling just to survive maybe we should do something about it i can't give you the solution but this is what we need to talk about because these are people right and look how lovely they are right and, and you know the when they find the uh lynn mm -hmm. yuki yeah. whatever we're going to call her yeah yuri whatever yuri. we're going to call her uh in the movie that you know it's you have wounds right it's i have a wound just like you yeah it's you're skinny all of this language that ends up being like i i give you some of my food do you right. like this okay you can have mine what do you mean you're giving yours right. no i'm giving it because she needs it those are human acts not political acts in this yeah, which i exactly. think is spectacular yeah um and so for for me that's a lot of what we're what we're seeing i think cool. that quote is really spectacular yeah. um what do you got so uh, the um bfi uh right has a website, uh, bfi.org.uk. Yep. They have a page called Where the Best Place to Start with His Films. <laughs> like that is what the web page is. And so, uh, and it is a lovely opening paragraph about the problems with this. Uh, and then Corey Eda's um, yeah. work, and then says the one to start with is this magical realism, which I'm probably gonna watch hmm. this weekend, uh, called I Wish. Um, and it's, uh, it says it's the place to start. And so I would say, go read this whole article, Cool. but certainly th this, I wish has a, some elements of magical realism in it, which is going to be much easier for the Westerner to digest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weirdly as that is because the, uh, magical realism is not easy. <laughs> it's not our natural state, but we actually work really well with that, uh, as a, as a transition point for right. us into Japan. It feels like. I don't know, anime or something right. for us to, yeah, to for sure. grab a hold of. And then it lists a series of other films in order of where. It says, don't start, though, at his 2001 movie, Distance, hmm. or um, this movie uh, called, it's a, a manga adaptation called Air Doll, okay. uh, which is about a blob yep. sex toy that okay. magically comes to life. <laughs> um, it says, those are not where to start. So I'm going to go watch I Wish. Okay, I'll let yeah. you know what I yeah, think. Let me Maybe know. I'll mini-sode it if I, if I feel sure. like it. it, it I love that BFI does this. Too. Yeah, that um, you know we we don't just get the best films; we get a, a way of looking at movies. It's right. a great resource across the board. But right. this particular page is really useful. And how you can how you can start watching his films and where you should start watching them, right? Because these aren't for everybody. Almost, you know, like they can be. But if you if you start in the right place, then you'll be turned on to them in a, in, in a specific when way. You think about that reviewer you had before. Had they started with a different film, exactly. this would not have been the same experience. Right. They would have known exactly what to expect coming into. Yeah, well, like you watch Sling Blade, right? Right. Which I hope I'm not stealing anything from later. You watch a movie like Sling uh -huh. Blade. The movie is slow. Right. For some people, that makes it suck. But if you're if you understand pacing or different yeah. pacing, you can work your way to accept and, and digest that. Yeah, you know. exactly. Um, what images stayed with you 
at the, at the after this movie after seeing this film so i feel like i'm talking too much so you have to say some please okay yeah uh, yeah but um the i want to say first and foremost is that hug in front of the burning clothing mm. that long mm. long shot as that child slowly settles and yeah and she grabs a hold there's that moment where the the um the mother's crying in the uh, police headquarters yeah which i think is what i mean uh, as an acting job it was thrilling For sure yeah it was thrilling to watch yeah she was great i think i think she would the mother i mean uh her the mother and the father were the two best uh, completely in, stand in the, out yeah 100 and not that anyone did a bad job but, no no but no. That, that moment that moment of her crying and her trying to wipe them away yeah. and and her catching her it was such a long shot too it, astounding work yeah um the uh, uh so i would say that's like cool the, that's the number one image cool. there's other many other images that yeah stay. there's a lot of images so you uh, for you me one? um I, the the image the shots that have kept coming back to me is that bus scene um with the father running after the bus with his arms stretched out um and and the young young boy looking back through the window um, and the and the reason being is the boy is completely almost unrecognizable at this point. Like he has completely changed his Great. appearance. Um, he's gone from this ragged kid who's literally in loose fitted clothing and rags to he's now wearing jeans, a nice coat, and a hat, and he had his haircut. And the haircut specifically is uh, the changing, uh, the catalyst for the change, right? Because the second they got uh, Yuri into their home, they cut her hair when they decided right. that she was going to stay with them permanently. Cutting the hair seemed to be the transformation point for these characters to become this new, in, into this new phase of life. And so he's transitioned out of this shoplifting phase. Uh, and we talked about, he's probably not going to see this man ever again. Like this is probably the last time they'll really plan to meet right if they do meet up it'll be spontaneous most likely uh and so he's leaving his old past behind and that really stuck with me and the father reaching out wishing he had more time with his son and ultimately all the choices that he made led him to this point um and if he did something differently maybe he would still have a son that he got to hear call him dad at mm -hmm. some point right he never got to hear it which right. is even though which he is heartbreaking right. right right um so that's the scene that stuck with me most. Um, I do have a movie uh, that, Good. Uh, that we were going to talk. Uh, what did it better name a movie that does this better or worse? Uh, similarly, the same exact year, um, both of these films were nominated in the Academy Awards for Best Foreign Film. Uh, so Shoplifting was Japan's mm -hmm. official and Roma was yeah. Mexico's and, and Roma won for best foreign film. And there was some controversy I read online of like, should Roma have even won over shoplifters? Right. Um, I don't know. I, I really, really loved Roma um, a whole lot. There's, I, I really liked Roma, right. but again, it's the same, sim it's a similar story of this um, pregnant house cleaner, a maid essentially um, who is stuck as this pregnant woman who now has to rely on this um, family who she works for. Um, she's not blood related in any way, yet they take her in and care for her as if she was one of their one of their own, right? And yeah, so that's a great that's a great connection. Very very similar stories, two completely different locations, uh, both foreign films. Oddly enough, I don't think we're seeing this story told in America really. Like I can't if I if it is, I can't think of a movie right now off the top of my head. Um, 
Yeah, we see artificially created families in movies, uh-huh. but never in a complex way. We we have, you know, yes, the, yeah. what I'd say is like the foster family genre. Fair um, enough, yeah. You yeah. know. Uh, yes, and what I'm thinking of is like, I, there's no movie that I've seen that it has been Americanized or, or made in the U.S. that depicts the real life uh, love and tragedy that these families deal with. Um, and just, and they're both slower paced. Roma is is a slow movie as well well and the shots are held forever right? yeah long long shots you know that's the thing so all audience if you know of a movie that does this in america then that's a place to contact us yes at, please let us know uh, pod focus or yeah uh, you know uh, up from the website you can get all of our addresses but rack and focus pod at gmail.com we'd love to hear and then talk about some of those yep um oh i wanted to mention one image yeah, go for too it. i like to yeah go and for that's it. uh and i'm going to call this the quentin tarantino image <laughs> it's when we start that shot when the girl's getting her hair cut at her little tiny feet wrapped around oh yeah <laughs> Uh, and the uh, Tarantino's bare feet thing is a thing uh, wrapped around the leg of that, yeah. that chair. And then we slowly come up to, yeah. to the reveal of her face. The beauty that was a absolutely beautiful. It was beautiful. Beautifully yeah. shot image, like yeah. just really, really sweet and, and great. Um, I also really want to point out the the image where we're, we're in the chat room with uh-huh. uh, Mr. Four. Uh, Mr. Four. And. Mm-hmm that moment where he's he's laying on her and he almost looks dead and he sits up mm-hmm. and he's there's spittle on her leg yeah and she wipes it away. there's like an apology he comes and back wipe, and he wipes it right, away right she, yeah she you know, she it, it's and there that moment that the image of that was really quite beautiful that mm-hmm. the sort of the deadness of who he is and then his yeah. hug there, yeah that, it's image after image this is yeah. a movie like if you watch it it's movie after image after it's image. image after image yeah there's there's stunning visuals so uh would you recommend I would absolutely recommend it, but I think I'm going to say I'm going to go watch I Wish, and then maybe yeah. that's an additional recommendation. I'd cool. absolutely recommend it, but it's a movie where you need time to watch. Yeah, and uh, there we go. That's the that's all of our warnings saying we're we're done. <laughs> uh, how about you? Would you recommend it? One hundred percent would recommend. Uh, again, just carve out some time. Take two and a half hours in case your internet is a little weird. Uh, <laughs> And just and even even if even if your internet's fine, take two and a half hours to pause at, you know, a random spot to just think about what you're you're watching because uh, the fact that we have to translate from Japanese into English and we're missing out on some cultural things most likely, uh, you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna take a second and just sit and think about everything up to that point in the movie. So I'd suggest pausing twice throughout the film and just think about it. Yeah, and that's like the mo- weirdest movie thing to say, but I'm in yeah. complete agreement with you. I think it's a movie where you want to make sure you understand the puzzle box that's being created. Yeah, exactly. Instead of be surprised by it at the end. Yeah. I, I think that I, I think the devastation comes. And that doesn't mean go get a sandwich from le- local sandwich shop or no, something. No, this is, like, this is like a three-minute break. Right? Yeah, like get up, get a glass of water, sit back down. Yeah, that's like, great. That's about it. So, um, yeah, I'd rate it like an eight out of 10 most likely somewhere in there yeah I, I fall in the same category and i something about me is saying like it's probably a 10 out of 10 i know yeah uh and so i can't recommend it highly enough but yeah. with the caveat of be prepared if you're not a like if you're a person who's watching endgame and you're a person who's watching spider-man <laughs> far from home and you really liked midsummer um but you thought it was a little slow you need to be prepared yeah uh, this exactly. is a whole different journey yeah. and uh it's a journey worth taking but it is a different journey yeah it's fun uh, cool it's good cool 
Well, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Racking Focus podcast. Uh, I want you guys to find us on social media, please. You can find us on Twitter at PodFocus and Instagram at Racking Focus Podcast. Um, somewhere on Facebook, we have a, uh, a private Facebook community. You can find that community by going to our website, RackingFocusPodcast.com and um, signing up for either our newsletter there or joining the private Facebook community where we talk about movies um, and not just the movies we're seeing, but other movies in general. Um, there's some polls and quizzes and random stuff too coming your way. We're developing an Alexa app at the moment, so that's going to come uh, your way pretty soon as well. And just to be clear, we also want you to listen to us on Apple Podcasts. So we have two different ways you can experience the podcast video and audio at this point. Go uh, check us out at Apple Podcasts. You subscribe on YouTube here or you check us out on Apple Podcasts and make sure that while you're there, you leave us a review. Five-star review would be great. We want to get the word out. We feel like we've got our legs underneath us now and the format's uh, strengthening and we'd love yeah. people to hear, listen, and sort of share the journey through film that we're taking. So uh, if you can do that, that would be great. And on the website, you can see the next movies we're going to watch. And as a result, you can have a sense of what's coming up next and you can go see that film so these spoilers don't wreck your viewing experience. 100%. We are seeing It Chapter 2 this week. So if you're going to see It, please DM us, get at us on uh, Twitter or Instagram, or you can email us at rackingfocuspod at gmail.com and let us know what you think think of it chapter two we're very excited for this uh for this film so other than that that's it let's go thank you guys for watching thanks for listening to the racking focus podcast